Hey everyone, you are listening to the Above the Treeline podcast, where we take difficult questions about Christianity, faith, and culture and answer them through the lens of scripture. You can listen on your preferred podcast platform or watch online at youtube.com slash Austin Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to submit a question for us to address, you can do so at acfellowship.org slash podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Above the Tree Line with Senior Pastor Will Davis Jr. from Austin Christian Fellowship. Hello, Hey, guys. Thanks for joining in. Glad to have you. Thank you so much. We actually just received this question that we want to talk about with you guys today, and I was so moved by it that we just both kind of wanted to jump on it immediately, and it's regarding the subject of baptism, but I do want to go ahead and read you guys the question um, because it does, I feel like it it's so applicable to so many people who are considering baptism. But this one listener says, how does a Christian truly know that they are an honest follower of Jesus? I fear getting baptized because I do not wish to lie to Jesus and not be able to truly follow in my heart, especially when I have so much self-doubt as a believer. I don't ever feel worthy of baptism, nor do I feel qualified to have open conversations about God in fear that I am unable to honestly answer what it means to be a Christian. And when that's I really heard awesome. that, that's a great, it's, that's a yeah, great it's great, but I Bless wanted them. to reach out. I, I wished mm-hmm. I knew who this person was because I felt a sense of urgency. I'm like, I would love to address. So we're doing this a podcast just for them. Just Here for we go. this person. This is a great question. So do you want to take a G- narrow, give me a starting point where you want to start sis? There's so much in that. Yeah, there is so much. Okay. How do you know? Let's start with the first part. How do you know if you're actually a Christ follower? Um, that's really great. First John, the fifth chapter, um, talks about, uh, verse 10 and verse 13, talk about, you know you have eternal life because you believe. And verse 10 talks about you have a witness within you, which is the Holy Spirit. So you could, you, there are going to be days you feel like a Christian. There are going to be days you don't feel like a Christian. I, there are many days I don't act or feel very Christian. Feeling is not the best indicator. Well, the heart is deceptive above the all things. The heart is a bit deceptive. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So if I have professed as best I know how that I love Jesus, I think you go with that. And to the, to the writer, don't overthink this. Remember, the kingdom of God is like a seven-year-old. Seven-year-olds don't really overthink things. I believe. I believe. Let's go. I believe. And so if in your heart, as best you know, you believe that Christ is the Son of God and he was raised from the dead, crucified for our sins, etc., go with that and don't worry about the sophistication of it or lack thereof. God will give you grace in the rest. But what about doubt? What if you say, I believe, but is there room in there for others? 100%. Because there's many days, again, if your feelings are dictating, God, I, I mean, I doubt, I struggled with questioning my salvation a lot. I know people who've been multiple times baptized because they just weren't sure. And that's just a point of discipleship. Kind of once you get to a certain level in your discipleship, you kind of get over, okay, I'm saved. I'm not the best Christian on the planet, but I know I'm saved. And that's not up for discussion anymore. For someone who's yet to be really fully discipled, it's quite common to really wonder. Satan will put doubts in there to try Mm -hmm. to say, look, you're not worthy of this. You don't deserve this. You're not really saved. That's probably not the Holy Spirit because he doesn't do guilt and shame and condemnation. It's probably the enemy, but it's not unusual for new Christians to really wonder if they got it right. You, again, 
Jesus says, if you ask, I will save you, and you have to go with that. Mm-hmm. Put it on Jesus. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't break his promises. Right, and that's what we talked about in the "Can You Lose Your Salvation" episode, the first episode that aired. How do you remember that? Because it was the that first was episode that ago. aired. Your brain, but is we like were saying that it's it's you can't undo something that Jesus did. Yeah. Once you get saved, which is the word that we use, you can't undo it because it wasn't something you it's did not about in the you first to begin place. With. So. And you said that it's not uncommon for new Christians to have these doubts. I would even say it's not uncommon for lifelong Christ followers to have these doubts. I think that there's lifelong Christ followers, Lauren, who doubt it if they're not in fellowship. Hmm. I think that doubting your salvation is evidence of a whirlpool, which we talk about here at ACF a lot, where you're kind of in the river, but you're spinning and not going anywhere, and you're getting beat up. And when Christians start to really doubt if they're saved or not, that's the enemy in their face, probably because they're out of fellowship either with Jesus and or his church, both. Christians who are walking with Jesus don't doubt their salvation. Christians who are meeting with the Lord and feel his presence in their life every day, as I did this morning about 7.30, are not likely to fall into the trap of, are you really saved? Well, I just talked to him. But it could also be people who really struggle with the problem of fear, which is a big driver of some mental health issues. I know some Christians who are very devout. They're in the Word. They're in community. But there's this fear that what, like, what if I? So didn't? there's some. That's something else going on. Yeah. That's not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's that. That's that attack, be it psychosis or be it mm-hmm. the enemy, mm-hmm. coming after them. And fear can be spoken against in Jesus' name. Right. But I'm just here as a pastor to tell you guys that Jesus keeps his word, and if you cry out in the simplest faith that you have, it's the same thing as taking a wedding vow. If I take a wedding vow to Susie, I'm saying at that point, June 1st, 1985, when we got married, I know you weren't born yet, June 1st, 1985, you were two, um, that as best I know how, I'm going to be faithful to you. Well, there's 38 years in there now, and we've argued and fought, and I've been faithful to Susie, but it's, it's been hard. The marriage is hard. So you take the vow knowing this is not going to be perfect, but here we go. Mm-hmm. That's what baptism is. That's what baptism is, or that's what becoming a believer is? That's what bab- I'm talking about baptism. Okay, now, baptism I switched. I, I didn't see how I did that. Yeah. I, I transitioned back to our topic. Because we're not using them interchangeably. Because we're talking about baptism today. Yes, we are talking about <laughs> baptism. The first question was, how do you know you're a Christ follower? So you jumped ahead you a little bit. take God at His Word. It's not based on feeling. You have to take God at His Word. If you anyone who believes in me will be saved. You take God at his word. But it's scary if you're like, I want to believe. I'm just not sure that I do believe. I think you take, I think the fact that you want to believe so strongly is evidence that you're there. I just think God errs. There's a lot of grace in this. If it's a seven-year-old thing, there's a lot of grace in this. Well, yeah. And I also think that it's like, it's like certain people that are like, oh, I want to do this thing. And then they're not able to do it. But God knows the desire of your heart. If the desire of your heart is to believe. Yes. God honors the desire of it's your heart. It's the Lord, I believe, help my unbelief Yes. of the Father in the Scripture. Yes. So the second part of this question is this person doesn't want to get baptized because they don't want to be a liar. So how do you know when you are ready to get baptized? So there's absolutely zero delay in the Bible between salvation and baptism. Acts 2, as many as who believed that day were baptized in Jerusalem, they went and found water to baptize 3,000 people. Lydia was baptized with her household the day she believed, Acts 16. The Philippian jailer was baptized the night that he believed. 
uh, Philip is in, in the, with the mm-hmm. Ethiopian eunuch, and the eunuch says, look, there's water, let's go. He's been reading Isaiah 53. None of those people were ready. None of those people had good theology. None of those people fully understood what it meant to be a Christian. They didn't fully understand who Jesus was. You're, there's, it's ready is not the point. It's simply that I get who you are, and I'm in, and the rest of it is still going to be figured out. So it's, it's like, again, at 23, I'm putting on a wedding ring. I'm not ready to be married at 23. Susie's 21, and we're oh, so young. So young. Like, that we have no idea. Am I ready to be married? No, but no. I've got a wedding. But I'm married. <laughs> I've got a wedding ring. I know. I'm like, i got a wedding ring on. I run. I have a budget. And then we had Will showed up, you know, 18 months later, our son. Like, what, really? Like, we're ready. For, I was pastoring a church, planting a church. Oh, my gosh, what were we thinking? Yeah. But I've got a wedding ring on. So it has nothing to do with being ready. It's an immediate, it's the first act of obedience. And Lauren, tee up this in a minute if we, if we get time. I think there's blessings, healing, deliverance that God withholds because we haven't obeyed the basic first act of Christianity, which is to be baptized. I think there's, there's a, um, a platform, a favor that happens to a Christian when they follow up on baptism that you can't get until you're baptized. Mm. There's things that happen in the spiritual realm because of the simple act of baptism that aren't yours until you're baptized. And there's Christians walking around missing some of this stuff because they've not obeyed the first thing God says to do. Mm-hmm. Repent and be baptized and believe and you will be saved. Okay. I want to point out that verse. You're, you're pointing at me. Now pointing you're using your finger. You. She's pointing at um, me. Repent, be baptized, In the and name be of Jesus. Saved. Yes. So if you repent... <laughs> and you acknowledge Christ as your Savior, but you do not get baptized, if you're missing that third piece of the triad, can you still be saved? Because it mentions all of those What's three. the Bible say about salvation? Oh, well, lots of things. <laughs> no, I'm going to do to you what you do to me. What's the Bible say about salvation? It says it is Jesus only. It's not... Mm-hmm. It's not my friend Dave Busby used to talk about cross additives. Right. So that's what circumcision was, where you have to believe in Jesus and get circumcised in order to be a Christian. And no. So you could put, I think you could put baptism in that world. But the reason Acts 2 mentions it inseparably with repenting and following is because it was inseparable. They didn't know anything but if you believe you're baptized. Obviously, there's plenty of examples of people in history, and if you consider it, you could argue it doesn't count. The thief on the cross didn't get a chance to get baptized. Right. Get baptized. He believed in Jesus. Jesus died for a sins. He wasn't baptized. Mm-hmm. All the people pre-Jesus mm-hmm. were saved under the salvation standards of Abraham in Genesis 15. They believed in his credited righteousness. None of them baptized. Okay? Jesus' death still applies to them. So it is not a requirement for salvation, in my opinion. It is 100% a requirement for obedience. And it's a requirement for obedience. It's not optional. It's a requirement for obedience, and it's the first one once you're saved. Well, I think that's where Mark 16 gets kind of confusing, because we read this recently. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. It makes it seem like whoever You're whoever really going to bring up Mark 16 after the baptized. conversation we had about it two days ago? Yes. You're going to bring up Mark 16? Okay. Because that's where I got it from our conversation <laughs> a couple of days ago. Whoever <laughs> believes and is baptized will be saved. So it's like, whoops. You believe, but you didn't get baptized. This says believe and be baptized. I think it sounds like Acts two thirty eight: repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. I think that's that's consistent. But it, again, it's they didn't know any difference to the early writers. There was no separation. There wasn't this delay. Let me get my ducks in a row. Next time it's scheduled, it's like okay, we're going out in our clothes and finding water. 
So they just didn't understand a Christian without baptism. It just didn't happen. And so, of course, I think the biblical writers linked salvation with the act, the instant act that happens when you're saved is you get baptized. They didn't know a world otherwise than that. But we, as Protestants, don't believe that there is power in the water itself. It is not There's just holy power in the blood. Water. Not in the water. Go. There's holy water. It's right. So... To an outside person, what even is the like the point? Why yeah, go and good. dunk yourself in a tub of water? Is I mean, so the Jews practiced baptism, and and John the Baptist, you know, came announcing the kingdom, doing baptism as an indication of God renewing people's lives in this revival that was taking place pre-Jesus under John the Baptist. So it was a Jewish rite, symbolic. That we brought 100 percent symbolic. Mm-hmm that we brought into Christianity when Jesus was baptized, we follow his example. It's 100% symbolic and beautiful. The symbolism is of the washing away of sins. It's symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's symbolic of our death to the old self and life to the new self, all those things. But also, and this is a deeper point of theology we could talk about, there's something about that separation of water that I've taught on a lot here at ACF that goes all the way back to day one of creation. God separates. What's what holiness is. He separated light from darkness. He separated water from water. When Israel passed through the Red Sea, they went through separated water. When Israel passed over the Jordan and recreated the Red Sea, they went through separated water. Uh, When a woman is born, excuse me, when a woman gives birth and a child is born, he goes through separated, broken water. There's something about passing through water that produces life in Scripture. And there's something about passing through the waters of baptism that is equal to new life in salvation. So there's a ton of theology. It's not just a symbolic act. There's something about that through the water in God's mind being delivered, delivered to the promised land or delivered now into the kingdom that is in God's mind when baptism happens. And it's beautiful, and we shouldn't shy away from it. It's absolutely magnificent. What do you think are the reasons that people choose not to get baptized, even after they're believers? Uh, That's a great question, Lauren. Poor theology. They don't understand what it is. Fear, as this writer talks about, that they're going to let Jesus down. So somebody said to me this past week in a service, I really want to get baptized, but I got to get my stuff together. Mm -hmm. And my response was, you only get baptized if you're desperate. Mm -hmm. If you have your stuff together, you don't need to get baptized. And nobody has their stuff together, by the way. It's an indication of, I am desperate for a Savior, and I need Him. And I think think some people, I'm not going to judge hearts. It feels like they almost don't want to go public until they know they can do it, and nobody knows they can do it. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to get it right. And so it's just like, I'm desperate for Jesus, and here I go. Well, let's talk about the public aspect of this, because when I baptized my son, um, he was very opposed to doing it inside the church. He did not want to do it in front of a crowd of people. He said, can we just go out into the lake and just have, you know, just family there and get baptized without all of the 
all the eyes on him. And I grew up as a Southern Baptist saying, I was told you get baptized in front of a bunch of people. You have witnesses that witness your baptism. But then when I went back in the Bible and you were talking about Philip, Philip didn't have any witnesses. So where did this concept come from that if you're going to get baptized, it's got to be in front of a crowd of people? Well, I don't know that that's a concept I agree with. Um, I think that it's not designed to be private. It is intended to be because Christianity isn't private. The whole point is there are no secret disciples. So, but if you're get, if you're if you're doing this in China, <laughs> in certain parts of China right now, you're probably getting baptized in an apartment and you're whispering it, and there may be six people there because you can't go public, you get arrested. Or Somalia, how do you baptize a Christian in Somalia? They'll execute you instantly. They'll find a way to do it, but it's very quiet. The point is, it's as public as you can be a declaration. And you have to say, your young Sam pulled it off. He had family there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I have no problem with that. I don't think it has to be in front of thousands of people to be significant. It, but it isn't like just this me and the baptism person as best I can making it. It's not supposed to be secret. Philip wasn't trying to be secret. He just wanted to get baptized. Not Philip, the, the eunuch wanted to get baptized immediately. And so Philip said, here we go. Philip was his witness. Mm. Okay. But but it is it isn't designed to be I'm going to keep my Christianity hush hush, right? Unless you're in Somalia or someplace like that, bless their hearts. Yeah, but I do think that that's especially at ACF. I can see how some of the more introverted, shy people do not want to have all the eyes. We do eyes get a bit rowdy. Them. We do get a bit rowdy. It's not like the most private event when they have to step into the hot tub and. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's funny yeah. because on the other hand, my daughter was like, I want as many people there yeah. as possible. I want everybody Sweet to Violet. see it. Um, so hers was in the church, both of them meaningful. Um, but, you know, I do have family members who have not been baptized. They're like, I'm a Christ follower. I don't really see the point of going through this symbolic gesture at this point in my life. And it's not going to keep them out of heaven what would you say to those people? It's obedience, and you're missing the blessing of obedience. And oh, by the way, ob- obedience is always bigger than you. There's a ripple effect to obedience. But but um, I've read books recently that that there are scholars who think that deliverance from demonic oppression is dependent upon here. Here you have to confess Christ, you have to renounce your sins, and you have to have been baptized because it's an act of obedience. So if you're not willing to go public with Christ, why do you expect He's going to fight for you? It's the first thing you do. So I think there's more theology to it in the spiritual realm than we realize. And I just don't, I don't think it's necessary. Well, you don't really get to vote on what's... I don't think tithing is necessary. I don't think the seventh commandment is necessary. It's not your vote. Mm-hmm. Go and make the disciples, preach, teach, and baptize. It's a command. This is not a democracy. We do as we're told, and we're told to be baptized, and we're told to baptize. So that's why Christians should say... I love Jesus. I'm signing up. Mm. When she says, I'm not worthy, it's a gift. Salvation's a gift. And all you're doing is saying, I'm responding to the gift. I'm not worthy of Jesus' death either. But I'm not going to deny him and what he did for me by refusing to be baptized. So we only have about a minute left. This conversation has gone really quickly. But um, when... In Acts, it says, I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It's the, it's the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel chapter 2, which is so beautiful. If you haven't started, if you haven't read Joel 2 recently, go read it in about verse 28. 
he has this vision of the day when the Holy Spirit will be poured out, poured out on all mankind. In the, in the j- days of Joel and preceding, the Holy Spirit was fleeting. He'd come upon somebody, manifest himself, and then leave. And what Joel prophesied was this baptism in and of the Spirit that would now he would be. Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans. I will be in you. I will come to you, and I will be in you, not just with you. And that's what was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. Jesus baptized us in his spirit. He said, go wait 10 days after he resurrected. Go wait 10 days. It's coming. And on the day of Pentecost, out came the Spirit, mm-hmm. poured out on all those people. That's what you read about in Acts chapter 2, fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. And for the first time in human history, the temple became a living person. It went from a building to a people. That's what First Peter talks about. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a holy building, and we're a holy we're a building, but we're also a priesthood. And that's what the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit was talking about. So He's have all us. Christ followers been baptized by the Spirit? I believe every single Christ follower is baptized in and by the Holy Spirit. If you want to mince words on that, when my friends in the charismatic right. camp, there's a lot of people who believe in a second blessing or a second event where you get filled with the Spirit. And yes. some people call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But when I'm sealed, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, with the Holy Spirit, that to me, you'll receive the gift of the Spirit, Acts chapter 2, that to me all feels like the same event. Mm-hmm. Well, because I had somebody actually recently imply that I had not been baptized by the Spirit yet. I think you should be thinking about that, Lauren. I'm and a little I, concerned about I, you. Right? And I was like, I disagree. They, but. They're <laughs> looking for a specific sign. Yes. And, and I think at that point in time, it was speaking in tongues, yeah, which and is that's a topic not, for a whole other day. I don't think that's biblical. Okay. Because not everybody in Acts that was b- baptized in the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues. Mm. So that's it. Boy, we chased a rabbit there. Yes. All right. If you guys want to know more about speaking in tongues, you can... Actually, Stay that tuned. is going to have to be something that we, we do dive into. But we need to talk about I do want to say thank you to the person who wrote this very vulnerable, very yeah. honest um, submission to us. And I just want to say that, that we love you and we want you to get baptized. Jesus will honor your act of obedience. It will change your heart. You'll feel so loved. You will feel so loved. So please get baptized. You won't be. You won't. You'll be amazed at how it changes you. And if you're one of those people who's a Christ follower who has not been baptized, I will not point She's my finger. finger. I will not you. point my finger at you. <laughs> but come on and get baptized. Let's go. ACF get does um, these baptism services. We have one coming up in September. So um, we do want you guys to be a part of that. But thank you so much for diving into this topic. I know you love to talk love about it. baptism. I love baptism. Um, this was a great question. And if you guys want to hear more about any of this, please go to acfellowship.org slash podcast and send us your questions. We will see you guys next week. Bye, guys.